Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. Well, goodness gracious. I'm so used to saying good afternoon. It's morning now. We've been moved to uh, 11 a.m. on on Tuesday, but we are here live. And uh, both Stephanie and I are here, as well as Thaddeus, the man that knows how things work around here so <laughs> boo <laughs> it is it is uh halloween it halloween, is happy so. halloween All happy right. hallows eve <clears throat> but let's start with our prayer in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit Amen. lord god from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name father you are love and life through your son jesus christ born of woman And through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. We are live, right? So yes. we could take phone calls Absolutely. if people wanted to. Uh, this is typically a hot topic because um, there's so much, I think, misinformation out there with regard to it, with regard to what we're going to talk about today, which is because it's Halloween, uh, October 31st, 2017, um, thought we would get down to some things that we can use um, as parents regarding this season. And hopefully have a sense of reclaiming what is actually um, a Catholic Christian um, holiday <laughs> of sorts. And, to, and also to remind us that tomorrow is a holy day of obligation. It's all Saints Day. It's the solemnity of all saints. And that's kind of where we have to begin. Um, but I, I think one, there's, there's, there's a couple things. One, there's, there's a scene that I think we have to, well, there's two things. One is we've always said from the beginning, back in Deuteronomy, God gives the order that parents are meant to teach their children as they walk, as they go by the way, when they're sitting, when they're sit, when they're traveling, when they're eating, whatever God is saying, those are the times to do. Well, this is a time that is ripe for teaching. <laughs> if, if you understand it's a time that is just, has so many things that we can that we can talk about and not only with our children but engaging the culture as well and i think this is one the one this is the scene in the bible that 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 just makes this clear to me is how we should do it saint paul is in athens greece and he's 
talking and they, you know, there, there are these Greeks that are sitting around and they're talking about highfalutin stuff. And, 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 uh, actually they said, you know, what would this babbler say talking about, talking about St. Paul? And so they allow St. Paul to speak. And I want you to say this. So he's sitting there among all these Greeks who know nothing of Christianity, who are, um, polytheistic they believe in multiple gods and you know if you think about how he engages here listen to how he engages and how he doesn't engage the culture so he's standing in the middle of this big place with all these people around him who are thinking he's a babbler so and you're he, you're in acts you're in so acts this is acts 17 okay. it starts in 16 but i'm skipping down to 22 when he's actually speaking so this is um, the Acts of the Apostles, 17. And I think we can learn a great deal about how we engage the culture from the way he engages these people. They think he's here that he's a little bit nuts, call him a, a babbler, and then and say, well, go ahead and tell us what you're here about, because they'll listen. And so he stands in the middle of the Areopagus, and he says in verse 22, 17, 22 of the Acts of the Apostles, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God, in quotes. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by men, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. It goes on. But if you listen, he, he, he is taking what's going on in the moment, and he is using something of their own to engage them. I perceive you as religious. Now today, today that may, some people may take that as a, as a slight, but he's actually engaging them in a way. I I see that y'all are religious people. You have all these statues of, of gods. And I walk by and one of those statues is to the unknown God. Well, here, I'm here to tell you about the unknown God. So he's actually using the framework that they already have in a polite way to say, I'm here to tell you about what this is really about, who this really is. He's not found in a statue. And all that being said, I think that's what we need to take going forward as Christian Catholics in this time and really in every time. I mean, because every, it seems like every holiday and we're at a time when there are lots of holidays you have, you have, I mean, you really go through a string of them here, beginning kind of with Halloween that, that are all kind of at a secular level there um, and celebrated, maybe not appropriately, but that are recognized Halloween. Then you have Thanksgiving and then you have Christmas and this is a time, I think, when we can not only teach our children, but but allow them to understand all this fits. And sometimes the culture gets it wrong, but we don't necessarily have to go out there and start yelling and screaming and say, hey, you know, this is, well, this is what we believe about this. And it can be a conversation and a dialogue, I think, 
as much as anything. Well, and I think with any, um, you know, with any holidays, when you think about the holidays, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I always think about traditions or, you know, holiday habits. I mean, there's things that we um, establish as our as our own um, in our families um, that make us who we are and make those memories um, and help to incorporate hopefully our faith, um, you know, into that time. And, and of course it, it, uh, this time of year, it gets very difficult because it's a, it's a whirlwind, but, um, I think it's a good time for us to take pause before the snowball of holidays, um, comes upon us and think about what do I, what do I want to do? Um, uh, during this time, what, what habits do I want to start? And I know we've done, um, probably too many shows on, (laughs) on, on, you know, holiday traditions and habits and, um, you know, those, um, those kinds of ideas. But I think the important thing is, and I know we've always said it in those shows is pick one or two, you know, pick something that you're going to focus on this year and do it well. You know, I think, um, I know, Personally, for me, uh, you know, and this was even before Pinterest, so I can't even imagine all you moms out there now that you've got Pinterest and all these other overloads. Go ahead. It's a over, <laughs> it's an overload of ideas. It's Facebook on steroids because <laughs> it's all just craft and ideas and decorations and you know. Um, but I, I think that you know, I would always, I think early on try to do too much, you know, good intentioned. I mean, it was always well intentioned, but it, it, you know, there was, there were times when I took on too many traditions, too many um, little teaching tools or little things that we try to do. And then, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like they're reading the Bible in a year, you know, you get through Genesis and Exodus and then, then you get to Leviticus and numbers and you're like, you know, you kind (laughs) of fall off. But um, so, you know, I think this is a good time for us um, to take pause, know that those holidays are coming and, you know, what, what do we want to do? How do we want to make them meaningful? And I think the good news, even from a secular standpoint, is that the it begins to, there may be the pace outside, but like work and stuff like that begins to slow. You, you end up having more days off both in school and that are around some of these, you start to, you start to hit those. So that allows for more family time, for more um, engaging um, and not as much if if you get caught up in the secular world of running around and shopping and doing all that type of stuff you can you can get disengaged but the reality is is that it it does tend to slow down a little bit this last quarter last two months um, with regard to work and school there are time there's time off so take that so I'm gonna give a, we're gonna do a, th- a few things about it first off Halloween itself. The word Halloween, and you can use this with your kids. Where else do you hear the world the word hallow? It's in the Our Father. They they've all heard it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does hallow mean? It means holy. <laughs> so Halloween is basically from a shortened All Hallows Evening. Even you know for for the night before, so you've heard of Christmas Eve, right? Well, we're having All Hallows Eve, All Holy Eve. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is the great feast of All Saints. So 
even in the name itself, as it is put forward in secular times, it's it's ironic. We have to recapture the fact that the word hallow means holy. And so don't be afraid to share that with your with your children. Don't be afraid to use the word. There's so much out there, often in Christian circles, that that paints this as um, some sort of pagan, satanic ritual evening. This is a night before a day that we recognize the saints in heaven. This is the night before a very big day, the actual fruition of what Christ came, lived on earth and died to have that there, that we all might become saints in heaven. So it's a great time to be talking about saints. It's a great time to be talking about the fact that we're all called to be saints. They were unique and unrepeatable and God wants all of us to be saints. And a saint is simply, as I've told the kids, a friend of God. A saint in heaven is a friend of God who was with him forever, never has to worry about it being anywhere else, and is always engaged with him. So that's the first That's the first thing. Um, Zed, I don't know if you had any comments on that. No, but. and I know like I know, our church has already had uh, the All Saints party on, on, Sunday, um, on right. Sunday. And um, so we, um, of course, you know, being from a large family, <laughs> we uh, spent more time on saints costumes and um and that's what they went as for halloween and of course it's <laughs> it's changed a little bit now that they've gotten older. yeah now that they've gotten a little older now they just do kind of funny stuff and do stuff in groups with friends but but when they were younger um you know they they uh you know we had a few years i think where we had some princesses and but of course you know you can find some really cool saints that have swords or right um, I think Michael's a popular one yeah. you don't have to be yep you don't have to be wimpy right you know? Grayson uh, had fun going as Saint Stephen with a rock and cut put blood well, on it and yeah. you know colored it red with blood, with <laughs> with blood, blood on it. it yeah I and, mean, and uh Madison went as as Saint Lucy who had her eyes pulled out and we went and got leechy nuts <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like her, her eyes so you can have some kind of ghoulish <laughs> stuff uh, and it's not made up. And it's not made up. It's <laughs> true. And up. it and it's Catholic. Mm-hmm. So that's there's there's the reality. Saints. The other thing is that this world does like to put off, and it's funny that this is such a uh, hallowed <laughs> uh, celebration, even in secular. It, it's kind of it's kind of like to me like that one of the I think the most attended mass is is Ash Wednesday. It's not even a mass. I mean, it, it is it is a mass, but I mean, it's not even a holy day of obligation. Yeah, but but I always find that in Halloween is another one that's widely and they both have to do with the fact that we have to come to grips with the we're all dying. <laughs> we're all going to die one day. And that's why that's a portion of why this is an important time. All great, all the great saints have said we need to we need to be aware of the fact that we're dying. But as Christians, and this is the good news, is why all saints is the next day. As Christians, and it comes it, it comes first before All Souls Day, which is November second. On November first, it comes and it points us to the fact that that the real story about. All Saints Day is that Jesus died for us 
in order that we might go to heaven. And that's good news. If you have, if you separate it out, you get what you have now, which is often just fear and scare and, and trying to scare people and being, if you remove Jesus from death, if you remove what he had purchased for us on the cross from death, it's a hopeless time. It's a time of being scared, fearful, or just saying, well, I'm going to die anyway, so let me do whatever. And that's where we have to bring back in the fact that there is something um, joyful about this, that, that, that this celebration, if put in a Christian context, the, the, a Catholic Christian view says this is a, a day, tomorrow is a day to be celebrated, like Christmas is a day to be celebrated. We remember the fact that we are called to and that there are people already in heaven with Jesus, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit. That's good news. So it should be a joyful celebration. It should be something that, that while at the same time recognizing that we have to confront the fact and cannot be afraid of the fact that death is impending for all of us. So it's a good time to talk about, to talk about that. I don't know if you had any. Well, and I I know um, some of the things that we've done um, over the years is we've also, we've gotten out. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I always keep um, cards from funerals um, to remind me to pray for the dead. So it's a great time to talk, um, to talk about that and to, to pray for those um, in purgatory, those who, those that we may know, um, you know, obviously we don't know whether they're in purgatory or heaven, but we're, you know, but also those that, you know, to, to include those who have no one praying for them um, in purgatory. So to, to um, make that connection, uh, with our children and their ancestors, um, you know, just like the saints are our ancestors. We have family, grandparents, great grandparents, um, you know, that that uh, you can pull out these pull out these cards. And, and um, it's a family time to talk about, you know, right, we have videos of like of, of like our my mother and mm-hmm. stuff. It's a good time to, like you said, to remember that most parishes, I believe, including, I know here at St. Mary's, you know, we'll have a book out that is a, that is a prayer of remembrance. You can ask for prayers for those who have gone before. It's a good time to remember that connection. We are part of a communion of saints, the communion of saints. We have, the, we have the people here, we have the people that are in heaven already, and we have the people in purgatory. Another um, really important uh, piece to hang on to and to recapture um, and to be able to speak with people about the fact that we have all saints, but then the next day is all souls. And those are for the souls of the faithfully departed. Those who have died that we do not know yet have gone to heaven. Listen, here's, I've been to, I've been to masses, funeral masses, and I've had people talk about, well, this person surely in heaven. And I, well, that's a, thought i've told my kids i said listen until the pope canonizes me (laughs) or until you're dead well even after that not i need you praying for me to get to heaven um this is a time to talk about that again younger you got to watch you have to be this is this is somewhat 
reading the child where they are. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that, but certainly um, you you want you don't want to scare them. But I think at the same time, you don't want to dismiss the fact that I think it's important to have a conversation at some point at the right time when you, you don't want to create undue fear. But around this time when you remember to maybe talk, give stories about like my mother or your dad or whatever that, that the kids can can attach themselves to, whether they lived it or not. And that and that you can um Remember that you're supposed to you're supposed to pray for them, pray for them every day. You can also point out in the mass. There's always a point on every Sunday mass when those who've left to point that out in the mass as it's something that's in every mass where we remember those who have gone before us, marked by you, you know only you know the faith of these people, Father. I mean that's part of it's part of the it's part of the the rite. So again. This is not something specific to this time of year in terms of the church doesn't do this all the time. It is a time because of where it is that we can use it to say, okay, now's the time for us to talk about those who have gone before us and to remember them and to make sure that we're praying for them and that one day I may um, die as well, but that doesn't mean I'm gone forever. (laughs) Uh, I, but I want you praying for me to get to heaven. So um, how about that? Yep. And remember, we are live. I know it's Tuesday. Some of you may be scratching your head and going, wait a minute, did I miss a day here? But we are live in the studio and you can call in at 85 Love Red C 855-683-7332 and join our conversation or certainly um, you can actually text in as well. And that number is 979-255-2633. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if there's anything that, uh, any holiday habits that you guys have that um, have worked really well as teaching tools for, for your family. I know we've got, uh, we got lots of active, lots of active Catholics in this, in this area, in the surrounding area. So love to have you join us. Yeah. And, and so one of the things, the other thing is, is that, is that there's another thing that we have to know is that the way that God created this, the, the, created everything that we know and experience, he created to include the seasons and that actually the seasons themselves um, point us towards realities, all right, that, that reveal himself to us. In fact, and this is one that I think is really important verse, um, St. Paul at the beginning of his letter to the Romans in chapter one um, and verse 19 and 20, listen to what he says. He's talking about the fact that there are people out there who deny God. And his response to that is, he says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Meaning that St. Paul is pointing to the fact that live realities, what's going on out there, the seasons, the weather, all those things point us to something that God is revealing about our lives. So what is going on now? Think about this. From the beginning of time, certainly for millennia, when you get to fall, 
what's happening. It's harvest time. It's things are beginning to die. It's not quite winter yet where we're where it's dead, but we're heading towards plants dying. <laughs> we're heading towards um leaves falling off trees. We're heading towards all of all of that that's pointing us to the fact well that why else there were if there were festivals in pagan would it not be natural for for even pagans to say hey now, you know this this seems to be a repetitive theme you know we go through a a time where we're preparing for death then we go through a time when everything that's around us is dead you know in the winter and then we come back to spring when things start to begin to bud and then we hit kind of the middle of life the the seasons themselves point us to even our life. And the church is not afraid of embracing because of St. Paul embracing the fact that, Hey, while everything else is heading towards death, while everything else, while trees are beginning to lose their leaves and plants are beginning to die. And we know that that, that the day is coming when that is, why not tap into the fact that that's just the lived experience of us every year kind of reminds us of the cycle of even an individual's life that we are born spring, you know, the early advent, you know, we, we even come in the darkness early. We're inside a womb. We come out, we begin to bud and grow and we flourish. And then fall, fall comes, we begin to, die off and then we go back to being dead just before we come back to life. That's not a, I'm not saying that in that, but every year kind of points to the cycle of even a person's life. Um, some, some places are a little bit better <laughs> than, yeah. uh, than others. About yeah. Unfortunately, clear, you know, clearing those Fortunately, things we out. only have two seasons, That's right. <laughs> but, but, it, but in, in most cases you have, so you can see that even that th- there would make, it would make sense that there might've been pagan, rituals or, or just secular gatherings that would at this time of year reflect on the harvest, reflect on kind of the end of things, things dying, trusting that new life comes. So that's the same thing with, with Christmas. Just think about even, even the length of days points to something that's happening. The shortest day is on or about Christmas, December 21st, um, on or about where we do that. That's, that's because that's when we reach darkness and in a perfect time. And then, then Jesus comes into the world and light begins to permeate out. So even looking at the way light is, the longest day is right dead in the middle of when it's most busy, when everything's alive, when things are growing, when we're running around, when it's warm, when we're not all bundled up and, and inside away from each other, but when we're out actively doing things in the summer. So again, those are ways of doing it. Now we can say, look, why would there be maybe a pe-? Because what we're experiencing, maybe not as much here as in other places, but most places when they get to fall, we get to this time of year, things are beginning to die. So why wouldn't we remember people who have died and gone before us? Why wouldn't we remember that we have to recall that we're dying simultaneously we have to recall what christ has done for us on the cross so 
we're just using what's happening around us. The church is incarnational. St. Paul is pointing to the fact that everything that we have in our human experience is given to us in some way in God's creation to kind of point us to God himself. And that in fact, we can deny God, but we can't deny that there are a lot of things pointing to the fact that we're all coming to an end. At least in the material sense, right? So now it's just the time to do that. Right, right. And I think it's just, you know, um, again, how you choose to celebrate these um all of all of these upcoming holidays um, is really a, a prayerful um, conversation, I think, between, you know, you, you and your spouse um, and how, you know, what, like, like we talked about, what traditions and what holiday habits you're going to set, um, you know, are you going to hell if you dress your child in a costume and go trick or treating? No, I mean, you know, that's, we, we can't get legalistic about this. Now, for the Cashins, we never dressed as, um, you know, Freddy scary Kruger. Freddy Krueger, Grim Reaper, you know, those kind of things. Um, we, like I said, we, we mostly, when the kids were little, they went in their saints costumes, um, from, you know, from the, from this, the saints parties. Um, um, but so it, you know, but if someone goes as a princess or Peter Pan or, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, um, are their favorite, you know, character on TV. I mean, you know, it's what we're talking about is just um, don't forget about the hallowed, <laughs> you know, is that, you know, I know some people that, that, I mean, my sister's one, she absolutely loves the fall. I mean, fall, Halloween, she's, you know, all about it. Um, I'm kind of more of a Christmas person, but, um, but th- the thing is, is that just, you know, amongst all these decorations and costumes and, um, you know, don't forget to go to the All Saints party. Um, don't, you know, don't forget to talk to your kids. Um, uh, about the saints, read one, you know, pick a saint and read a saint story or have the kid who's dressing as, you know, whatever they're dressing as, read a book on the, you know, on the saint that they're dressing up as. I mean, it's, um, again, it, it's just like Trey said, it's using to, and, and taking the opportunity that the church so abundantly provides for us, um, you know, to, to teach your kids. Um, yeah. And I think I, I'd reiterate that that I, given the fact that we have, um, I mean, most of us have maybe videos of, of parents who've gone by to kind of show, to, to tap into that and recall them and allow them to kind of get a feel for, Hey, you know, my mom was like this or my dad was like that. Yeah, And hopefully you're sharing these stories throughout, throughout the, the absolutely. throughout the year, but it is a good time um, to focus on and remind ourselves, ourselves as well as our kids that we should be praying, um, you know, for all those um, people who have gone, who've gone before us. Um, uh, we, I sure hope somebody's like Trey said, we, we've told our kids, please don't quit praying for us. <laughs> Well, there's a, and there's a really critical word. I've used it before. I like to absolutely half use the word right there. There, there is a, there is a word that, that I was taught by a professor, which is really central. And what Paul does in the Areopagus is called critical assimilation. Mm. Critical assimilation from a Catholic is basically baptizing what is true. So taking what is true as revealed 
in and through the ceremonies, the stuff that happens in the secular, and you say, hey, just like he pointed to that that statue of the unknown God, hey, you know, this is this is a time that we as Catholics, we as Christians remember those who've who've gone before us. That's why we're all dressed up as we're we're dressed up as you know, remembering, you know, skeletons and stuff like that. We're we're, we're dressed up um in those things to remind us of the fact that death is approaching and is pending. Um, anyway, I just, I, critical assimilation just means looking at anything that's going on and not just outright dismissing it, finding some common ground and then baptizing it, making it actually act, you know, putting it in the context of a Christian worldview. And I think that that's so important for us to kind of keep in mind as we go through these times, especially that are so celebrated separate from um, that. I think that's, you know, again, we may talk about this at Christmas, but we can't, we need to be a little countercultural and capture that. For example, I mean, and this is hard to do and I'm not saying to do it, but we, have made a conscious effort. I mean, you can't end up doing this the way you like it to go get our tree during Advent, but we decorated on, on Christmas Eve. Now with younger kids, that might be a little hard, but it's pointing us to the fact that, that Christmas is the beginning Christmas day or Christmas Eve is the beginning of Christmas. And that up into that, we're preparing for Jesus to come. Right. And so, this world wants to start. I mean, I'm already, it's October 31st. I mean, I'm already seeing Christmas stuff out there. I'm starting to hear Christmas songs and not that there's, I mean, you should be able to listen to stories about Jesus and his birth anytime you want, but in the secular, it's always getting people to try to start buying stuff and get concerned about what, you know, how are we going to celebrate it and thinking about what we get out of it, as opposed to pointing us to the fact that, that what we get out of it, the most important thing we get out of it is Jesus himself. So part of critical assimilation is hanging on to or reclaiming, if we've lost, the truth behind the celebration. And many of these secular ones, including Halloween, have kind of been usurped by secular media, by whatever. So critical assimilation is the way we should look at that. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I just wanted to throw a little pun into the mix. Right. These, these uh, Christian celebrations have been hollowed out of their <laughs> uh, yeah. Christian yeah. meaning. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they have. And, and it's our job to fill that, but not run away from it because there's truth. There's truth about the fact, and everybody... You know, we we have a. This is kind of a a a holiday that celebrates points to our I don't know, frailty. The fact that we're going to die, we shouldn't run from that. But we, we instead we should go in with the good news that yes, that is true. But Jesus has done it. But right now, what he's exactly right. It's all of them have been attempted to hollow out. Anytime you pull Jesus and God, who is the framer and the filler of all creation, anytime we 
remove him, um, it's going to be hollowed, H-O-L-L-O, hollowed out, and therefore not everything it's meant to be. But as we go forward, it, the, the great news is, is that each of these holidays, Halloween is the beginning of remembering the end of everyone, is, the, is, is that we get a few weeks later, we've got Thanksgiving. Well, who the heck are we thanking? I mean, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving for us Catholics, you know what the word in Greek for Thanksgiving is? Eucharista which is the Eucharist. We, we, uh, anytime we celebrate the Eucharist, we, it is Thanksgiving. And so, you know, we've got to reclaim and say, and point to the fact we're not, I mean, who are we thanking if we're not thanking God? Who were the pilgrims thanking if they were not thanking God? Um, so we cannot, as Christians... And particularly as Catholic Christians who embrace created reality, you don't think it's bad, that it is fallen, but it is not inherently evil or totally, including our humanity, that we embrace that and that we go and point others to it. That Christmas is about Jesus and his birth. And that Advent, just following Thanksgiving, is a time of preparing ourselves for Jesus' coming, not a time to, to just uh, jump full into Christmas and have Christmas Day be the end. Christmas, that, you know, the coolest thing is, and that's where we, you know, our lights are up, our Christmas people are like, what the heck are you doing? You know, it's January, you know, 10th <laughs> or whatever. And, and it's a great opportunity to say, well, because Christmas began on Christmas Day. Um, most people have got their trees on the yard on the 26th of December of December. Um, and you can even point to things like that. We have favorite movie said it before. It's a wonderful life that that happens when on Christmas Eve, that that whole thing is on Christmas Eve. What are they doing on Christmas Eve? They're decorating the tree. That's, that's what they're doing. So this is not something that we're fabricating. This is something we're returning to. You know, Vatican II says we have to, the resourcement and aggiornamento. Resourcement meaning go back to the sources, go back to what it really stood for, and aggiornamento is bring it forward and make it real today. Well, we as parents are, are called to do that. What is this holiday really about? And then bring it forward and make it applicable today would make sense. That's what he's calling the church to. We're a domestic church. And as a domestic church, we have to do that. We have to go back and make sure we understand what is true, good, and beautiful, where it came from, and bring it forward and make it real for our kids and fill in the hollow, right? <laughs> There's nothing I hate worse than a dadgum hollowed out piece of chocolate, you know? <laughs> I hate those. I need the like the full thing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Right, you, know, you bite With into some it, substance like, in it. Yeah, some you don't caramel. bite a bunch of air uh, or nougat or just chocolate or I mean, just solid chocolate that's right. inside. That's right. So anyway, they even have that. You can talk about that how it is. I've seen people. I've actually seen people talk about the fact that you can be empty using a uh, sonic slush. You know, when you suck it and if you leave the straw in the same place instead of going back and reaching grace, it's empty. You can't get it. I mean, even though it's all available to you, if you don't pick it up and 
and go do it. I've heard people give the message that way. Use whatever is coming. We're just pointing to the fact that right now, as Halloween, it's a time that we can focus on death. Jesus is conquering death, heaven, hell for that matter. It's not a bad thing uh, to have a little healthy fear <laughs> of hell. We, 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 need to, we need to remember that we have to teach our kids that everybody says, well, there's, I don't really believe there's hell. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what's true. And hell exists, and we don't want to go to hell. Um, purgatory exists. And if we can't go straight to heaven, we sure as heck want to go to purgatory. And that's what the next day is. Go ahead. Yeah. So I just, while we were sitting here, I just, um, just Googled Christian ideas for Halloween. And of course, none other than the Pinterest is the top, the top, top one. the top one that comes up, but there's darling activities. I mean, my kids are a lot older now, but, um, but there's darling activities on print on Pinterest. Um, if you just Google Christian ideas for Halloween, there's, there's one with, uh, with candy corn talking about the father, the different colors. Oh, wow. That's you know, yeah, there's three colors in candy corn and that's like the father, the son and the Holy spirit. They are separate colors, but one, <laughs> I mean, right. you know, what a great, what a great idea. There's a precious um, little pumpkin prayer. So as you're carving a pumpkin, um, and I won't read the whole thing, but it's just um, you can you can say, "Dear Jesus, as I carve this pumpkin, help me to pray this prayer. Open my mind so I can learn about you." And you cut off the top of the pumpkin. Nice. Take all my sins and forgive the wrong that I do. You clean out the insides. I mean, how fun to break down the carving of a pumpkin. Open my eyes so that I will love you more and see you. That's when you cut out their eyes. Um, these are the little, we're not talking rocket science here. We're just talking about planting those seeds, you know? And that, that's so awesome. That's just diving into and, and, and embracing what is in front of you, but then baptizing it, saying right. there's something here. Right. Go ahead. I don't know right. some other ones. Oh, no, no, no. They're just, I mean, just, there's just tons of ideas here. Um, you know, pumpkin prayers and jack-o'-lanterns and, um, you know, that that you can take and like you said, bap, you know, baptize what what is true and, and what is beautiful and what is good. And that way, just think about it when I mean, you know, had, had I done a little pumpkin prayer with the kids when we carved a pumpkin every a pumpkin every year? What do you think your kids are going to think about? Five, 10, 15 years down the road from now, even when they get in high school, they're going to those things will come to their mind, right? You know, the, well, they still do. They still do like in, in Easter when you do, when you do the, the oh, resurrection, yeah, the divinity. No, there were all the, the resurrection, resurrection buns. buns. Oh yeah. That's know? a must. Yeah. It's a must. It, yeah. You know, you, you put the marshmallows in there, you, you close it up like it's a, like it's a cave yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. and you, and you cook it. And when, when it cooks, it disappears. You open it up, it's empty. Right. That might be a good case where where it should be hollow. Yeah, there, there's a good hollow. <laughs> but hollow. The, That's a good. A the good, tomb was empty. Yes, the tomb was empty. <laughs> he had risen. You know? yeah. <laughs> that was a celebration. So so, so uh, yeah. The, so like I said, I just just happened to think about googling that while we were sitting right here, and there's just tons of precious ideas. And again, this is just something that's going to carry forward with your children year after year, and it becomes their sweet traditions, you know, um, that they carry on. Um, so. Just planting a little Jesus in everything you do, right? And 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 again, if you it, the you know if it's the same thing over and over again, you're always talking about the same thing over and over again. Um, 
it can become, I don't know if boring is the right word, but if you, but if you use what's in front of you during the time that you have it in those moments that it, that, that the everyday life kind of crashes into human spirituality uh, Christian spirituality that we're not afraid to embrace those and find new ways of baptizing those things in front of us. That's, that's what it's about. Um, not running from it, but embracing what is good, throwing away or pushing away or redefining what, what apparently is bad. Like death. I mean, death is <laughs> the wages of sin. We can talk about that. <laughs> But, but if we leave it just at the fact that we're all going to die and, let, and, and don't provide the additional information about what Jesus has accomplished and that he wants us in heaven, then we're a problem. I mean, we've, we've got issues. So do that. Um, anyway, I mean, there's, all, there's all Mardi Gras and other th- I mean, you just go down the list. But I just think it's, it's really important for us to embrace the um, what we see, right? You know, well, and I and I think you know again, just just to reiterate, especially in this world of, um, you know, we're we're inundated with with information. I mean, the fact that I could just sit here and in two or three minutes pull up, you know, probably ten ideas to do, you know, for for a holiday. Pick one or two. Pick one or two, and just do it. You know, do it well. Um, I know we say that a lot, but I just, um, the last thing you want to to do is just to overwhelm yourself or put too much stress on yourself as the parent, you know, um, just, and just see, do and the, a and the things, things that click, well. you'll know because the kids, the kids will, yeah. the, you know, you'll know when the things True. flop, get rid of those things right. or, or wait and the things that hit, I mean, I had an 18 year old ask me last night, can we read Jotham's journey, which we've been doing on Advent for whatever. Cause he wanted, and he was like, I know who's the bad guy in that. It's somebody in Megiddo, you know, he, he went and looked at it. I mean, I'm actually, he got me excited about going back and doing that because it's something that we've done as a family reading as a family. And that even at 18 and 20 and, and the other, even the older ones like to remember that story. So, the things that work and there's a time when things they they're for a season, right? And then there are things that are seasonless. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that they may not want to do um, after a while, but, but use that. Now here's one thing. I, I saw this article. I don't know if you had anything else, but this, this article from Catholic answers and it's talking about, you know, where do Catholic families go from here? And I think she's got two Quotes that are really, and, and it really should be the Christian Catholic way of entering into these things. The first one, he says, you know, she says, remember uh, Christ's signature admonition, you know, be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Then we got to teach our kids. It's, we're, we should never be afraid. We should not be afraid of death if it means that death itself, we, because we know in the context of the gospel, we've got that. But don't be afraid to engage the culture because you have the truth and there's beauty in that truth. Um, and then the other one, the other one is that I think um, I liked a lot was she mentions the fact that suggesting the spirit of, of Pope St. John, the 23rd who called the second Vatican council 
um, his favorite dictum on religious controversy. Um, he said, in, his, in essentials, unity, in doubtful matters, liberty, and in all things, charity. Um, from Ad Petri Cathedrum, um, 72. So from, from, from his. Now, we need to be careful that we understand and we hold on to the essentials of the faith, not water them down, that we hold on to them. But I think in this, we can have doubt. And again, that's what we said. From a family standpoint, we need to be able to say, well, we as a father and mother, as a husband and wife, have decided that we're not going to do this. That's fine. <laughs> it, just if you don't feel comfortable doing something, then don't do it. I understand what I'm saying. So whatever we may have done does not mean that that's what you ought to do. But the spirit that we're trying to get across is that we should not be afraid to engage and we should not be afraid to um, enter into a dialogue by our participation in those things. And we should not be run away by people saying that somehow it's demonic. Well, there's demons everywhere. Yeah, not just Halloween. <laughs> you know, they're not just not just Halloween. We just got to be you got to be we got to be aware and that we should not be afraid. Yeah, uh, you know, the if, devil doesn't just come out once a year, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. And so and so and I think also it's important to just remember we have nothing to be afraid as long as we put ourselves under the mantle of of Mary and Jesus and trust in them and teach the Saint Michael's Saint Michael the Archangel prayer. This would be a great time to teach that defend us in battle, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, so anyway. yeah. So this, this article that he's been speaking from is why Catholics should embrace Halloween. And it was on uh, Catholic answers, um, which is uh, Catholic.com. Yeah. And there's, a, there's another article on the uh, crossroads initiative. If you just put in Dr. Italy, there's an old professor of mine, Dr. Mark Marcellino D'Ambrosio um, has one that he reproduced or put out there from a, I think it's mm -hmm. maybe Paulus, I'm not sure which kind of priest, but but that that one I think is another one to read about the history. Yeah, it's got a lot from. of a lot a lot of more history. than we talk about here. We're talking yeah. about application here, but if you want yeah. to understand the history of yeah. Yeah. Halloween, those would be so, two good two good, two good resources. Crossroads Initiative dot com, um, and that's Crossroads with an S Initiative dot com. Our um, our Catholic answers both have had some really good really good articles. Um, so we're going to do our little memory verse here, and it's um, Romans one twenty, and it says, Ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. Romans one twenty, And that speaks right so. to the heart of a, a, a Catholic sacramental mysterious in the Catholic sense. There's an invisible and a visible. What this show has always been about, that we can't be afraid to recognize the invisible in and through those tangible things that we come in contact with every day. So use this time this year um, to add one thing. Mm -hmm. If you just do the pumpkin carving, that would right. be a fun thing to do. Right. Um, right. And find that prayer. Um, just pick one or two, add it. Thanksgiving, one or two, add it. Christmas, one or two, add it. And over time, you'll see some beautiful things unfold. Absolutely. So. And remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. 
Hope you all have a happy and safe Halloween. Hallow's Eve. God bless. God bless. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 